We all know that professional wrestling has predetermined outcomes. But what would you think if I told you that not all the fights were settled in front of the cameras? Well, that's exactly what has happened on multiple occasions, and we're here to tell you about it. I'm Mark. And I'm Harris. And we'd like to welcome you to Behind the Gorilla, a podcast where we delve into the wild, wacky, and crazy side of professional wrestling. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Behind the Gorilla, episode five. And this is going to be an interesting topic. Oh, boy. So, we've now been doing this the past several weeks and it's been pretty enjoyable so far oh man mark's got a script in front of him you guys i'm so unprepared for this i have no idea what's about to happen yeah haven't told Harris he's really all. excited and this is pretty fun because we're gonna go okay we'll start with this you know wrestling wrestling's fake right okay wrestling's predetermined yes you know it's an act mm-hmm. they're not trying to hurt each other it's storytelling yeah it doesn't mean everything is necessarily fake. There yeah. are real elements. There's pain involved. Yeah, they'll get know. a little stiff from time yeah. to time. But ultimately, it's scripted and, you know, predetermined fights, right? I think I might know where this is going, and I hope I'm right. Well, not always backstage are there predetermined fights. Okay. Sometimes there are real fights. Okay. And so the okay. topic today is going to be real fights in between wrestlers wow. and wrestling. This is actually not where I thought this was going to go, but I'm more into it. you think it was going? Now I'm more curious I'm gonna, we'll just put it, We're going to put it in the bank for okay, another episode. Okay. It's fine. Might be later. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so I was looking up historic real fights in wrestling. Oh, um, yes. And absolutely. I, and I found this website called armpitwrestling.com. <laughs> and Great. I, I found a bunch of fi- you know a bunch of other things and a bunch of fights listed other but this website has in detailed full descriptions of hundreds of fights. Wow, like a ton no between wrestlers, so between up. wrestlers and civilians, between so many things. They have the the lead up, the confrontations, and the aftermath for all these wow. fights. So this website was I'm have to check this out. Really, really helpful. And I probably found 15 to 20 that I thought were great. Okay. Then I had to whittle it down to 10. And then I got even less. And I don't even remember how many I have now. I have probably like six or seven of them. But so we're just going to kind of quickly go through some of these real fights. All right. I love this. This is like, this reminds me of like a clip show. Yeah. On a TV show. You just get a bunch of, get the highlights. So uh, one of them, I, I got this idea last week actually with you talking about uh, Buff Bagwell. Yeah. And the Judy Bagwell on a pole, because it reminded me of this uh, incident that happened between Buff Bagwell and Shane Helms, otherwise known as the Hurricane. So this is right (laughs) after WWE had bought WCW in 2001. Okay. Okay. So in in July, several wrestlers moved over, Mm -hmm. um, joined WWE. Bagwell was one of them, but he was never really meant to be kind of a major player, but he Mm -hmm. got a lot of positive reaction. Um, from you know from fans during segments and stuff so he got on Vince's good side okay Vince Vince initially had really big plans for WCW and that included having their own show but it eventually kind of petered out and died and uh, backstage a lot of WCW talent that came over they were younger and mid-card guys not really the major guys didn't really come over in this right because they had contracts right, right? Yeah. and they were getting paid a lot of money to not wrestle right so uh, there was a lot of smaller guys, uh, mid-card guys that came over. 
And uh, they weren't really popular with WWE wrestlers, which makes sense because there was yeah. a real rivalry yeah, going on. Yeah, no, there. for sure. And they're now they're showing up at work. Well, one of these in particular was Buff Bagwell. Oh no, he was not well liked. Oh, he I can't had, imagine. I know, right? He had a habit of laughing at cruiserweights. <laughs> hang on, hang on. I'm sorry. I gotta stop you right there. Like just because they're small. Yeah. I'm <laughs> kidding. Saying oh, my that word. they were the problem with no. WWE, with uh, or that they were um, that they were the problem with wrestling. And oh no! Wrestling no. isn't about having great matches. It's only about having a great body. Oh no! Yeah. Oh no! No no! Buff buddy. So this led nice. to a confrontation with Shane Helms right. while he was training with some WWE officials backstage. So I'm assuming. The way it made it sound, it says that it happened in a ring. So I don't know if there's a ring backstage somewhere or if it okay. was maybe at the maybe, offices. Yeah, I don't like even a know. performance center or something. Or... They didn't have that back then. Right, but, but like a, a thing. Yeah, you got to practice so, somewhere. And Bagwell was making fun of Helms, saying he'd <laughs> never be a superstar because he was too small and oh, didn't no. look intimidating. Oh, no. He said it all had to be where you needed to look like you could actually beat people up. I know where this is going. So Helms was known as a great worker. He's a very good wrestler, mm-hmm. and he was liked backstage because he kind of kept his distance and didn't bother anybody. Okay. And uh, so Helms responded with a comment about Bagwell being on steroids. No. Then Buff... Uh, reacted and slapped him hard from behind. Oh, no. Helms then grabs a full water bottle and absolutely whips it at Bagwell's with, face. With a water bottle. Yeah, a full, but think of a full no, water it's, bottle. Yeah, it's got some substance Hits to it. him in the face, like in the forehead, busts him open, and then Helms just attacks at ba- Bagwell, just launches himself at Bagwell. <laughs> so Bagwell, uh, I read a few things saying he got, got several blows in and then okay. was finally uh, pulled off it was a short-lived fight, uh, but the, revol- re- the results were pretty massive because Bagwell was fired later later that week. Oh, no. And then Helms would stay in the company and have a fairly <laughs> solid career, you know, eventually being the Hurricane and getting fairly That's, popular for a while. That Okay. This also helped wow. Helms backstage tremendously. Yeah, yeah, I bet. As he was then, uh, you know, because all the boys hated Bagwell. Yeah, stick up He for was the actually, they had two separate locker locker rooms at the time for WCW, WCW. and WWE that guys. That sense. And um, actually, JBL and Ron Simmons, APA, like grabbed his bags from WCW and brought it in, into the Aww. WWE one. Which we'll talk about JBL later. Yeah, boy, will Not we? in a positive light. No. But uh, anyway, so this was good for Shane wow. Helms for sure. And uh, so that was the incident That's between fantastic. Uh, Bagwell and now, Shane Helms. Okay, I don't want to. I don't want to cut you off, but wow, a couple things with that. Yep, I never knew that's what happened to Buff Bagwell. Well, even from glancing at his Wikipedia page, like I remember, you know, I, I know the story of how Vince was thinking about rebooting WCW again, right. like as its own show. Mm-hmm. So one night at the end of Monday Night Raw, he had a WCW main event. And, like, they changed the ring, and they changed the lighting and everything, and they had Booker T fight Buff Bagwell. And it was horrible. And the fans just well, crapped all... Well, one, the, the match fans, itself was apparently match just was terrible. Nothing... Okay, see, I don't know. But mm-hmm. also, the crowd just crapped all over it. Partially because it was terrible, but also because, like, hey, we're, you know, WWE fans. Like, this is a real rivalry at this point. We don't want right. to see this stuff. This is the stuff we don't want to watch. Get this out of here. Right, of course. And I knew that happened, and I knew, like, you don't hear much from him after that. I didn't know he got fired for fighting one of the cruiserweights because well, he couldn't stop, 
living the campaign. Well, what I read was he might have been fired anyway. Yeah, and th- this it might sounds have been, like it. This might have been kind of the excuse the to fire that, him yeah, since he no, started it. Yeah, that makes it. a lot of sense. But uh, yeah, that's literally happened. Like because he, week. I mean, he just strikes me. That's really funny because I would have thought he would be the kind of guy who's aware of what he is, which is yeah. a comedy wrestler. And nope. also be aware of what he is, and that like his name is Buff Bagwell. Like he does, Buff Bagwell. he looks like he would have trouble scratching parts of his own head. You know, like I feel like if you get in a shoot fight with anybody who knows what they're doing, you better hit them hard, or you're in a lot of trouble. You would, yeah, yeah. But well, I guess he's lucky he didn't get too much more damage done to him. Yeah, I don't that's know true. what. I don't know. I'm also laughing at the image of a grown man being busted open by a water bottle. That's pretty funny. I know. Apparently it surprised Shane That Holmes, sounds like it. something that would happen would... like in a terrible gimmick match. It does. He just starts... First blood yeah. match. It's a water bottle. Yeah, exactly. It. Oh, that needs to happen. Oh, that would be good. Wow. You yeah, haven't seen so those that... matches in a while. No, because there's no blood allowed in WWE. That's true. Which that we'll get to that. Oh, with this yes. Next all right. All right. All right. Let's go. Keep it rolling. So the next one. August 21st, 2016, SummerSlam. I don't know if you remember that SummerSlam, but the big thing that happened was the finish of Brock Lesnar versus Randy Orton. Oh, yep. I do remember this one. Brock busted the crap out of Orton. The hard hard way. way with elbow strikes. There were no blood packets with that one. No, no. He He was gushing blood. He just hit him with his elbow until his head popped like a cantaloupe. So this was the planned finish, but Mm -hmm. no one knew because WWE is very secretive with Lesnar's finishes, apparently. Which is kind of cool. So, you know, especially Chris Jericho did not know this. Mm Mm-hmm. It's understandable because WWE doesn't really use blood, and so this is could be, you know, not expected. Yeah. So Jericho got really mad at this, went to gorilla position, behind the gorilla. Yeah, hey. hey. And uh, wanted to find out what was going on. So he kept trying to ask Michael Hayes, who's an agent with WWE, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Hayes, because the finishes are kept so secret, wasn't, like, wanting to answer him. Wow. So this just pissed him off even more. Yeah, that more. would make me mad too. I never knew that. And then Jericho just started yelling, this is bullshit. Yeah. And it happened right as Brock started wa- came walking in. Mm-hmm. And Jericho was talking about the finish of the match, but Lesnar uh, turned on him, ma- thinking he, he was him. just like okay. talking about him or okay. like the match or whatever. Yeah. And so he turned on him and told him to mind his own business, and sure Chris which that. he didn't. And mm. Jericho is still... Asking everybody, trying to figure out what was supposed to happen. Lesnar then gets mad and starts shouting with Jericho. They get in a shouting match. Then Lesnar slams Jericho against the wall. Jericho then pushes back against him and they stand like forehead to forehead like in mm. goofy movies or in confrontations. <laughs> confrontations at contract signings or right. whatever. Except and Wow. And uh, so then Lesnar kept taunting Jericho and he basically told him... Uh, either kiss me or hit me. Yeah. And, uh, I remember reading that. Then Jericho shoves him away, and then they were finally separated by Triple H. But they kept yelling at each other until Vince came over and told him to stop and act professional. Man. And then Orton came in and told Jericho it was all planned. Man. And then uh, that was pretty much that, the end of the incident, and no one was punished. That is so cool. I wish... I I don't know if they got video of that. I would love to see I don't that. know what's wrong with Jericho. I bet that was incredible. Dude, you do not mess with the cruiserweights. <laughs> you, don't, you don't mess you with You don't mess Lesnar. with WCW's light heavyweights. Like, you don't... No, exactly. That's no, what Jericho, I'm saying. you don't mess with Lesnar. Jericho's gonna get eaten by this guy. I have so much respect for him. That's pretty cool. Like, I'm sure yeah. Randy was, you know, kind of annoyed that they weren't killing each other, but it's nice to know that somebody has your back like that. Yeah. Because if anybody is going to go rogue, 
and just bludgeon a man half to death with his own elbow. Like, it's Brock Lesnar. It probably would be Brock Lesnar. <clears throat> yeah, and, I mean, yeah, if you're Chris Jericho, I don't think you're going to win that fight. No. I don't think. But... That moves on to my next one. Oh, yes, dude. Which I is keep also Chris you up. Jericho. Yay, all right. This. Let's go. You Let's talk do about it. you had respect for him with this one. Wrath this one was before them. This one, right. this one happened years before. Years in, okay, 13 Baby years before, actually. All right, all right, all right. Let's August, go way back. Or, uh, April 7th, 2003. Back in WCW, mm-hmm. I don't know if you've watched Jericho's stuff from WCW, which it's really good. Mm-hmm. He had an angle where he was constantly calling out Goldberg. And right. it never ended up paying off. He had the li- Is this where he had the list of a thousand holds? Or no, that was with else? Dean Malenko. Okay. But that was amazing. I digress too. then. Uh, the man of a thousand and four holds was right. Jericho. Okay. But okay. yeah. And um, no, this was this was a different angle. And he had this thing where he was calling out Goldberg. Mm-hmm. And Goldberg would never show up. And then he like would have replace. He had like replacement Goldberg show up, okay. and and he would do a thing where like uh, it would be an official match with a ref and everything. But then Goldberg wasn't there, so he'd right. win via right. count out, classic and stuff. So he, he did this for a while, and and the fans were getting behind it. It was getting over, right? But then um, and at one of the shows, the people in charge wanted Jericho to lose to Goldberg on Nitro in like thirty seconds, but Jericho thought it should be saved for a pay per view. Yeah, like build. He's you know build it up, build it up to a pay per view match, then have me lose in thirty seconds. Like he was fine with that, right? But it's like you know, there's more weight to here than just blow it off yeah. on Nitro. Well, uh, and actually, I think there was a meeting with like uh, Nash and Hogan and Bischoff and some other people in charge or whatever. And Hogan was all for it. And anyway, anyway, but um, and then it was agreed. It was agreed, and they were and so what they did on that Nitro, they did an angle where. Uh, Jericho was doing his thing and calling out Goldberg. Goldberg then came out and speared the crap out of Jericho on the on the ramp. Excellent. Like you can you can watch clips of it. It's amazing. Jericho's shoes up. fall off, fly off. It's great. <laughs> it looks like he gets killed. Like great. it's amazing. That's, of course, oh, Goldberg so actually speared people. Like there was no. Oh yeah. Like wrestling move. Like he actually. What he it just, looks it's, like is just, happening is what's yeah, happening. Yeah, he just tackles you. Yeah, he kills you. Oh yeah. So, uh, but then. The pay-per-view, and then they set up a pay-per-view match, but then the day of the pay-per-view, Goldberg did not show up for the match. Now, there's mixed things, Uh, and I couldn't exactly uh. figure out what was actually the case, but Jericho claims that Goldberg didn't show up because he wanted to stay somewhere and go hunting. But then, and then he apparently wrestled some other guy that I forgot who it was, but then other reports are saying that there was a pay-per-view and Jericho wrestled this guy, but Goldberg was also on the pay-per-view later. So, huh. not. but regardless, it didn't happen. Okay. And um, so then not not too soon after that, Jericho left for WCW. Or WWE. left WCW right. for WWE. And this was one of the reasons why he stated was this whole angle okay, going the way Okay, just kind of did. a mess. Okay. So, so now it's 2003. Now it's 2003. Jericho's been in WWE for around four years, close to four years, mm-hmm. and Goldberg's finally getting back into wrestling, and right. he joins WWE, debuts with The Rock on Raw, where mm-hmm. he goes out and spears and jackhammers The Rock. Yeah. And then Jericho was in the main event that night, and backstage, Goldberg was watching through the curtain with Kevin Nash, and he was just bad-mouthing Jericho. Constantly bad mouthing Jericho said he couldn't sell a whole bunch of other ridiculous stuff. All right, Hurricane back to Hurricane. Yeah, Hurricane heard this. It all comes and back. Scampers off to tell Jericho. Of course, 
And this sets Jericho off. So he goes straight up to Goldberg and starts yelling at him. It escalates, and Goldberg grabs Jericho's throat. Yikes. Jericho slaps it away, <laughs> gets him in a front face lock, and takes him down. Yeah. And he said that he was kind of surprised that he found himself in the advantage here. I was going to say, look, Goldberg, booking aside, yeah. Survivor Series aside, Goldberg is not Brock Lesnar when no. it comes to shoot fighting. No. He is not. He's, but he's still huge. No, he's still that's a true. solid six you know six inches taller that, than jericho and probably technique, baby you know 50 pounds or yeah. so heavier and have uh a thousand and four holds yeah i know so <laughs> he found himself surprised that he had goldberg but he was also terrified and he held on for dear life <laughs> thinking that if goldberg ever got up he'd <laughs> yep, kill him yep so goldberg That's eventually smart. did get up but then jericho takes him down again hooray and then he gets him in a leg scissor also he scissors goldberg's legs also so he has his head and his legs and then goldberg shoves him like through the doorway and then you and know it's going on for a while yeah. is everybody just like i'm not this is not my job um well I, I don't think i think it was themselves. just them two when they confronted initially it oh was, no like it was just them yikes so then you know, Jericho comes back in, they go back at it, then they're finally pulled apart by Hurricane and Christian. Uh, they're holding Jericho, but then Jericho's yelling at them, saying that he's now defenseless. Goldberg then comes over, <laughs> grabs Jericho's hair, Ow. but then Jericho, they call it a pie face, where you just shove like the palm of your hand into the other person's face and push him away. Yeah. So Jericho then does that to Goldberg and starts screaming at him, calling him a goof. Goldberg then says, <laughs> Goldberg then says, your mother's a goof. Wow. And then they boys. keep arguing. Boys will be boys. And uh, Jericho's saying things are different here and he, and he could make Goldberg look like a million bucks or look like crap. And he wouldn't That's even know. That's probably true. And then uh, eventually, eventually though, somehow they cooled down, shook hands and left. Man. Jericho then became a hero backstage. Yeah, I bet. To everyone. And then, but there were no punishments given. Mm -hmm. uh, soon after that, they're, they're apparently fine and they've made up. I feel up like that's kind of how Vince rolls. Like, he loves to. Yeah, I let think you he scrap likes it. it I do. I think yeah, unless, he enjoys that. Unless he already hates you, like Buff Bagwell or something yeah. like that. Like, mm -hmm. that seems to be. That's his alpha male, like, let, him, let the boys, you know, sort it out, that kind of thing. I think that I that's my kayfed explanation for a lot of things too. Quite frankly, like there's never going to be instant replay in WWE. I'm talking like kayfed because Vince just likes to see you settle it in the ring, and if you're smarter, you can cheat to win or something like that. He he doesn't want to discourage that too much. Mm -hmm. You know, it's part of that chaos. He he enjoys it. If you really want the title, and you got to hit somebody with a low blow and prop your feet up on the ropes <laughs> to do it, like. That's another pay-per-view to sell, you know? That's all part of it. Just keep it going. He doesn't want... He doesn't want to enforce things too much, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I... Yeah. Because of stuff like this that happens in real life where you get the feeling like... It seems that way. Yeah, that's how he knows everybody's really on edge and really wants to succeed, you know? That's how you want it. Mm-hmm. You don't want anybody who's a real pushover about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's one of the things that, you know... If you back off, it's considered pansy, you know, yeah. for like these stuff. You know, I love these the guys and all. I so. just love the mental image in my mind of Goldberg saying, "Your mom's a goof." <laughs> yeah, not on TV, like in real life, like about to fight this guy. <laughs> Apparently, also when he first grabbed his throat, he just like did his like Goldberg roar. <laughs> so <laughs> it's hard to turn it off. That's pretty awesome. That's fantastic. Anyway, 
So those are the couple Lovely. Jericho ones. Now the two that I immediately, well, there were three that I immediately thought of when I thought of this. One was the Bagwell Shane Helms one. Okay. One was this Goldberg Jericho yeah. one because that's famous. Yeah. And then there's another really famous one I have a little bit later on. Okay. But this next one is probably the most vicious one so far. Okay. This was DDP and Scott Steiner. <laughs> December 18th. <laughs> 2000. Okay. We talked about the year 2000 in WCW. Oh, we yes. We need to do... And we will again. We're going to do... We need to do like a whole show on the year 2000 to 2001 in WCW. It's just... It's a glorious mm-hmm. time of just mm-hmm. horrid wrestling angles. <laughs> and uh, anyway, so at some point, there was a lot of stuff. This one is kind of a weird, cloudy beginning. But okay. at some point, there was an illegal substance investigation that was initiated with something that DDP's wife, Kimberly, found like backstage. Okay. Initially, there was no mention of Scott Steiner or anything, but then but you know Steiner if then found out. You about know it. if there's an illegal substance, he's putting it in his body. <laughs> you would you think just so, you could yeah. just tell by the everything about him. You would think so. So Steiner finds out, chases her out of the building. I don't even know what that means exactly. Like, is he actually trying to like kill her or something? Like, I, I don't know exactly. I was what gonna that say entails. you're talking about this like it's a real life story, but I'm just it is the wrestling angle. <laughs> no, 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 this is a real thing. Like so him lumbering after he chases her out of the building. I Goodness. guess so. DDP gets mad, obviously. Yeah, with this as you would. So then, soon after this, on on Nitro, you talked about this sounding like a worked angle. Yeah, on Nitro, sure, in the ring. Steiner said, uh, backstage Steiner said he wanted extra promo time. So, knowing the way WCW was run, they're like, sure. Look, at that point, it's just smoldering ashes. They're like, look, you get whatever. Yeah, this is like four months from the end of WCW. What do you think? So, what is the worst thing you can do but give Scott Steiner more time to use words? So, Steiner goes out. In the ring and cuts a real promo on DDP. Okay. Saying that he doesn't have the balls to fight him. DDP sure. then goes to Gorilla to wait on Steiner. Sure. Let's Steiner do it. comes Let's go. in. The two start yelling. DDP then hauls off and slugs Steiner. Excellent. Steiner then belly to belly suplexes him about eight yards away. Oh my word. That's then terrifying. DDP gets a. I know. Steiner's. He's a big, he's a big boy. Yeah, and he's an actual wrestler and juice right. to the gills, and yeah. who knows how control he's in. Yeah, and uh, so Steiner or DP then then gets Steiner in a front face lock, and was surprised that he was able to apply the it. power of the front face lock. <laughs> Apparently, oh, I love that. One thing to know though is Jericho and DDP were both bouncers before they came really? here. So I did not know that. I know that bouncers are taught certain ways to subdue bigger people yeah. and stuff. So that might have something to do with this. Yeah. Also, you know, like Jericho was trained partially in like Calgary and like the and yeah. was in the dungeon yeah, and no, stuff like that too. Yeah, they'll so, fight you. So anyway. But still, like Scott Steiner has legitimate right. wrestling experience. Like he's more so like, than Goldberg. Yeah, like he's like terrifying. Despite the fact that he is juiced to the gills. Like he knows what he's doing. Which so, I forget a lot, quite frankly. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he was a champion wrestler yeah. at Michigan. That's terrifying. So uh, he then, like, and then, okay, so he has him in a front face lock. The, according to DDP, he says, I then let go of him like an idiot and then tried to punch him, nope. punches him, nope. and he says it felt like hitting a rock and, like, mm. hurt his hand. Oh, man. 
four guys then come in and try and break it up, but then Steiner roars and takes him down and proceeds to beat the crap out of DDP. Yeah. He says DDP was if DDP was in a fetal position then trying to just survive, and yeah. Steiner then goes for his eyes. Oh, no. Apparently, wrestlers are taught to go after eyes in real fight situations. I mean... It's apparently a thing. That's how you win the fight. Right. But that's, that's not nice. And uh, DDP... Then bit, then bit Steiner's hand while he's trying to do that. Yeah, that's then great. other guys were finally able to pull Steiner off and break him apart. But they both came up swinging and yelling at each other. Yeah, respect to that because I would not want to pull Scott Steiner off of anybody. Yeah, be like, true. well, he's dead. That's a shame. I liked him. <laughs> well, nothing we can do now. I guess we'll just let him keep beating on this guy because nobody wants to mess with him. I like to imagine they keep a guy on hand with a tranquilizer for whenever this happens, and then you just roll him off. Just. Yeah. <laughs> Wait for it All to right, take Scott, effect. <laughs> Steiner's got the roid rage again. All right, somebody take him out. Oh, it's like the definition of roid rage. <laughs> and then, uh, so DDP's face was all cut up, bleeding, and swollen. Yeah. Uh, Steiner also, his face was a little swollen, and he also had a hurt ankle. But he still worked the rest of the show. Like, Steiner had, like, a match and an angle, like, later on in the show. My favorite part about that is imagining the look on the audience's face. <laughs> When Scott Steiner comes out, like a black starts eye. shooting on someone for no reason, leaves. You're like, oh, I thought they were going to, like, was he going right. to come out? No, all right, I guess he's done. And then he comes out later. Yeah, and his face is messed up and Ugh. his ankle hurts. Like, yep. did he, what? Yep. I don't know when the news would have broken, but I just imagine somebody being like, did they, is that real? What just happened? I yeah, who Why knows? Why did they do that? Who knows? So many other things were going on. No one oh, would probably even noticed. No kidding. That's the thing, man. That was the Wild West. But uh, what, DDP, a, what a year. DDP then left, um, but he didn't want to leave because he thought leaving would make the boys think he wasn't tough or anything. But then Kevin Nash pulled him aside and said he just stood up to Scott Steiner, so they think he's a demigod. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and again, as with most of these things... Neither person got in trouble, which shows just how crazy WCW was. I was going to say, I don't think anybody got in trouble for anything in 2000 in WCW. So that was the... like uh, when the... uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah, probably not. It's like a whole year of having a substitute teacher, you know? It's all just... (laughs) It's all running wild. That's amazing. Yeah, talk about literal Wild West. Scott Steiner. Yep, so that was the DDP Scott Steiner uh, kerfuffle. Wow. So, uh, moving on. Okay. We're now going to someone we've talked about earlier, and this was the third story that I immediately thought of when I thought of this Okay. December 2008, in Iraq, during the Tribute to the Troops tour. Okay. Okay. I'm not familiar with this We've talked about him a little bit before. Okay. JBL Uh, is known as one of the worst, being one of the worst and cowardly bullies in wrestling over the past, like, 20 years. Yep. There are many stories of him harassing smaller wrestlers and non-wrestlers in WWE, and most recently, the whole Mauro Ronaldo situation. Yeah. JBL doesn't have a job anymore. No, he's horrible. He's a horrible human being. Yeah. Um, so, this is possibly, though, the most famous incident because JBL finally got what was coming to him, but it was from an unlikely hero, Joey Styles. Now, Joey Styles was the announcer for ECW right. for their entire run. Right. And, uh, you know, super wild man announcer. Yeah. Um, but you got to be for ECW. Right. With ECW. Right. 
So he then did some work for WWE for the next several years as well. A lot of stuff with the website and some uh, announcing stuff here and there and, and a few things. But this took place during one of the Tribute to the Troops tours in Iraq. And JBL was always the worst on tours. Yeah. He always felt the need to pick on people smaller than himself in order to pump him, pump himself up. I mean, typical bully. Yep. He'd been taunting and messing with several people, but in, in particular styles, all week. But then the final straw happened when he poured a drink on Styles and then made a bunch of bad comments about Styles' family. Oh, man. Yeah. Styles then snapped and went after the much, much larger JBL. Uh I mean, JBL's like 6'6", like close to 300 pounds. I mean, he's huge. He's a big dude. And, you know, Styles is like... You know, our size. Like, he's like normal size. <laughs> we are not Normal six, or small, yeah. smaller than normal. Smaller yeah. than normal right. size. Right, especially like in WWE. You yeah. Know? So, uh, uh, then uh, several wrestlers were there. A bunch of wrestlers were there. And they were trying to separate the two. But they both broke free. Then Styles threw a wild haymaker punch that caught JBL just under the eye. Beautiful. Causing it to bleed and knock JBL straight to the ground. Oh, I bet that was awesome. Everyone stood in stunned silence. And then they applauded. And the others were able to separate them and keep them apart before JBL got back up. JBL was instantly humiliated. <laughs> there were no punishments handed down, again. Nice. But many wrestlers were absolutely thrilled yeah. backstage and they thought JBL got exactly what he deserved That's and fantastic. it made Styles somewhat of a hero again in yeah. the locker room. And then from then on, JBL no longer messed with Styles. But then eventually would go on to bully more people oh, in yeah. the future, which yeah, we no, talked about. Yeah, never stops. But, uh, That's beautiful, though. So that that was one of the first ones that I thought of, too, because that was a pretty nice. famous instance of JBL yeah, just that's getting funny. completely decked by Joey Styles. I might have heard that story, but there's so many with JBL that they just mm-hmm. all kind of blur together. Anyway. Anyway. So, that's so are you taking a hard left away from We're going to move on to one of the more famous feuds all of right. all time. All right. November 9th, 1997. Oh, wow. We're going right to it. Montreal, okay. Quebec, Canada. Okay. Survivor Series. Yeah. Everyone knows Vince screwed Brett in this Montreal screw job this night. The whole scene happened, you know, in the ring. You know, Sean puts Brett in the sharpshooter, Scorpion Deathlock, and <laughs> Vince calls for the bell, mm-hmm. gives the title to Sean. It's just a cluster. It's crazy. Yeah. Everyone runs for their life. So. After this happened, though, things continued backstage. And a bunch has happened, you know, a bunch has been written, you know, between this. So, you know, if you guys know this story, just bear with me because I think it's entertaining. Vince locked himself in his office with uh, a couple of agents, you know, basically trying to be, stay away from Brett. Yeah. Undertaker. Started was pounding on the door, right? Saying that Vince had to apologize for Brett, right? Brett for this because this is unacceptable. And that's something that I think is sorry to cut you off. I love about this story is how pissed off most of the locker room. Was oh at yeah, what yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, everyone was you, mad. Yeah, like you. This under, is ridiculous. And it's easy to say, like, not even taking sides, but like thirty years on, you know, and Vince says, "Well, I felt like I had to do it." Like you understand why he felt that way. Mm-hmm. But you also understand, like how you know. Again, you see it in the in the locker room. Like right. I remember reading Mick Foley's autobiography, and he about quit 
yeah. when that happened because yeah. that's just like that's such a violation of trust. It is between wrestlers, which is obviously why this is such a big deal and why we're still talking about it. Right. But, but anyway, so Brett, when Brett came backstage, he went directly to Vince's office and tried to break through the door. Yep. But the door was bolted into the ground, and he had no way of getting in. So then he goes into his own dressing room, where Sean is like dragging behind Brett, crying like. Saying that he had no idea this was gonna happen. Really, no idea this was gonna. I happen. I always thought he just fled the building. No, 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 no. He was wow. constantly trying to convince Brett he had no idea, which turns out he was told. Yeah, but you know, no, I knew that. That's why I thought he know. fled the building. He's tr- but Hart. Uh, anyway, and 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 Hart later said that if he knew at that point Michaels was in on it, he would have just choked prob- him out in the ring. Yeah, which makes sense. Yeah. Um, so on this night, he still wanted to kill Michaels and mm-hmm. he suspected that he knew, but he wasn't going to do anything when he didn't know for sure. But he had finally calmed down some, the show was over. He knew there was nothing he could do and he thought he'd never see Vince again because he was already leaving. You know, he was, right, he was out. So he tried to just calm down, but then a couple of the wrestlers came and said Vince was what told him Vince was waiting for him in the dressing room and said he wasn't going to leave until he talked to Brett. And then Brett just Brett didn't want to talk to Vince. He didn't want to even convince. He was just like, "Tell him to leave me alone. I'm yeah. you know I'm out. Like I'm done with this." But but Vince wouldn't leave. He just stood by Brett's locker and would not leave. So uh, you know Vince just kept insisting, and he came in with like Shane and and some other agents and stuff. And so then Brett was mad that Vince wanted to test him basically, and because Vince was basically trying to prove something, being like prove something to the other wrestlers being like I'll take responsibility for right. this and Brett didn't want to give Vince that satisfaction yeah so uh, so that kept annoying him but then Brett you know was in the shower during all this so he had to go back to get his stuff mm-hmm. and uh, so he started to get dressed and Vince you know started trying to explain to Brett what he the reasons and everything but Brett didn't even care and said, you know, he was awful and a liar and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, then, uh, so, Vince said he was still there. Or, Brett then said if Vince was still there after he got dressed, then he was going to punch him out. And so, then he started to get dressed and he realized that Vince wasn't going to leave. Because Vince was trying to prove prove something to all the boys and himself. Right. That he was going to take responsibility for all yeah. this. So then Brett just started getting more and more mad, and he got dressed real slowly, trying to give Vince time to leave, but he wouldn't. So after he got dressed, he then uh, realized that Vince had planned all this out, who wanted to be you know, the guy that stood Brett down. Brett then walked toward him, and Brett uppercut... Or actually, they it says Brett, Brett and Vince locked up first, but then broke free and just threw a punch that according to reports was quoted as saying would have knocked out a rhino. (laughs) And Brett, that's some primal rage right there for sure. Brett says he threw an uppercut to the jaw and he says it was the most beautiful uppercut you could ever imagine. And he actually thought he actually thought it might miss, but he said he popped him. This is according to Brett. This is from yeah. uh, Brett's report. And he said, but I popped him like a cork <laughs> under his jaw and lifted him right off like of the ground. Man. He said he broke his hand too doing it, but knocked Vince out cold. Yeah, I bet. 
And uh, there, there's a couple other reports about the the type of punch and whatever. This is according to Brett. This is according to Brett. And uh, then there was fear that Vince might have broken his jaw or something. Yeah. But Vince had like a black, you know, had like a black eye all week and was, you know, it knocked him, knocked him out. Yeah. And then uh, I think, let's see. And then there's another report that then Shane then jumped on Brett trying uh-huh. to keep him off. And then Davy Boy Smith jumped on Shane to pull Shane off. And there's, so there's a whole scenario going on. And then a couple others dragged, you know, Vince's limp body like right. out of the locker Just room. Him out. And then, uh, you know, so. Man, was, and uh, I, everybody, I think every wrestler that was around then has their own version of that story because it's just so fascinating to talk about. But I remember, I think yeah. it might have been on one of, it, it was might have been a network special or somebody's podcast. Or I don't I don't remember, but sometime around when Shane came back, he was telling that story. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't, you know, I, I haven't heard as much about it as people who've been you know, watching wrestling since they were little kids. But yeah. I remember him saying that. He was, you know, he basically said, I'm paraphrasing, but he was like, Dad, he's get, like, he's going to kill you. Mm-hmm. Like, and Vince, yeah. Vince just said, like, I, he, he gets one shot. Like, right. And that wasn't, like, that's something that I've always respected about Vince. Not that that was... But it's also really, him being so a... Part of it is, yeah, it's it's locker room politics, but part of it is him saying, look, I absolutely just screwed this guy, and it was a huge violation of his trust, and this, that, and the other. Yeah. And I'm gonna, like, be a man and face the consequences, and I'm not just gonna... You know, I mean, I guess you could, you could spin yeah. it either way, and, like, Brett might say, oh, well, he just wanted to, you know, make me, like, cower on my way out. I think mm-hmm. the impression I've always gotten is it's a lot more just Vince saying... Look, if he wants to hit me, like he's got, he's got the right to hit me, and I'm not gonna run and hide from that, you know. Like genuinely, not not posturing, but like legitimately saying, "Look, man to man, this guy's got a problem with me. I want to let him handle it." You know. Right. Either way, that's bananas. But you you have to know he's gonna try and yeah. kill you. Like yeah, you can't you have to. He's not stupid, you know. No. And then, uh, so, but apparently this made Brett a hero in the locker room because they all wanted to, pu- everyone had always right. wanted to punch Vin out, Vince out at some point. Well, and especially after this. Yeah, I well mean, then, yeah, especially now. Yeah. Or especially in this, you know, this scenario. Right. But, uh, yeah, so that was, obviously the aftermath of the Montreal Screwjob was just crazy and, you know, led to a ton of stuff. Basically led to WWE becoming huge again. This yeah. was the start. Because it made the heel Vince character, Vince yes. fully embraced it. Yes. That led to Austin. Oh, man. And it took off from there. That's insane to me. That's so fascinating. <clears throat> yeah. So that's one of the that's... craziest instances ever. So that was the backstage thing that happened, you know, after. Yeah. Man, that's that's the OG one right there. Yeah. All right. Now we're moving on. This is the last one. Okay. And this is arguably... The worst one. Oh, excellent. Okay, so I was wondering how like, we were going to top the Montreal screw job. Well, okay, Lola. that one, like, maybe with everything rolled up is bigger, but as far as, like, no, actual fine. fight, pure fight. this let's is, like, one of the worst. All right, let's roll. Let's do it. October 27th, 1993. All right, we're going old school. This is WCW. Old school. <clears throat> and this was a hotel brawl between one Arn Anderson. Oh, boy. And tell me if this shocks you. One Sid Vicious. <laughs> no. Can't imagine. We already talked about Steiner earlier. He seems like we such got a the nice, other side of that coin. He Sid seems Vicious. like such a nice boy. And this one was brutal. 
And oh, it's actually surprising man. that no one died. Oh, man. That's just so much raw firepower. Yeah. In one location. So, uh, wow. this was just out of control. All right. And Hit WCW, me. again, was what's pretty the, wild. What's the, the backstory? This uh, started at the hotel bar, as this, you know, would would make sense. Uh-huh. And some guys were sitting there waiting for food and drinking. <clears throat> and according to Sid... It was Arn who said things like, why aren't we drawing more people? Then Sid began bragging about how he just received a raise of like, you know, two something like it's like two million dollars for four years. Like, you know, he's like half a million dollars over half a million dollars per year or something Mm -hmm. after holding up the company before agreeing to lose to Sting at the Halloween Havoc pay-per-view just days earlier. So he basically pulled like a CM Punk and said he was going to leave. If this, you know, before except, this match, if I don't get more money. Except super in real life. <clears throat> right. Not for the benefit of a storyline. Although, Punk's was real life. Well, yeah. Too. No, that was a real life situation. But that's what made the match so good. Right. Also, I feel like what you just said is a pretty common theme throughout WCW in the 90s. Mm-hmm. But also, Arn had just taken a huge pay cut per year. Mm. And, I like to um, hope Sid Vicious didn't know that, but I feel like so he did. I'm sure he probably did. I feel like he did. Anyway, so Sid is ribbing Arn about this, great, which is not foolproof plan. A great idea, mm. saying that he and the other old man talking about Ric Flair need <laughs> to step aside. Wow. So, wow. so he kept boasting, saying he was going to build the company. The, the company was going to be built around him. The beautiful thing about Sid Vicious... Which was actually the plan at the time. exactly what you think when you look at him. You're right. Mm-hmm. You know, you're like, I feel like he's the kind of, yep, yep, that's who he is. Yeah. You're right. So, uh, Arn, you know, tried to defend himself and defend Ric Flair. And sure. he was saying Sid couldn't work and hadn't drawn any money. It's fair. So, they, he kind of got egged on, too, by some other people who didn't like Sid. And knew that if something got physical, Arn would most likely come out on top, mm-hmm. <clears throat> being the like actual beast that Arn Anderson is. Yeah, no, he's he's pretty rough and tumble. He's pretty yeah. good. So Arn asked him to step outside, but Sid declined at that point. That's the smartest thing he's done all night. Yeah, and he's gonna run his mouth, but he won't do it. <laughs> right, that's so annoying. <laughs> you got like the gentleman's agreement, like, all right, sir, you have said too much. Let You've us impugned on my honor. Let us take this outside. And step and outside. It. We're gonna have a settle duel. it like men. Yes. It's just like nah. Yeah. And then <laughs> apparently the head of WCW security came in and separated him, telling him to go back to their rooms too. <laughs> there were other conflicting reports. Sid saying that like Arn had thrown like beer at him and stuff, but nobody else remembered that happening. <laughs> And, or I think it said like maybe a couple of them remembered, but Mm -hmm. I mean, everyone was drinking a lot. So who knows? That'll happen. Who knows? Who hasn't thrown (laughs) beer on someone, right? Yeah. And, uh, other people were saying Sid threw beer at Arn, but you know, who knows? Who knows? After that, and and apparently like Arn had threatened, you know, they'd gotten into it one more time and Arn had like threatened Sid again. And anyway, so they're both in their own room. Sid then just sat there and started stewing about the whole thing. Great. And getting mad that Arn did this stuff and threatened mm. him and, and all this he. stuff. And so then he felt that it crossed the line. And he had to get back at him. 
So Sid is now the one yes, who's been wronged yes. in this case. He's been so thinking Sid too much. So Sid reportedly broke the leg off of a chair in his room and walked over to Arn's room a few doors down. As one does. Of course. <laughs> they were staying in the first floor. Oh, and uh, Ric Flair and Steamboat were also on that floor. But uh, oh, no one else knew what was going on at this point. Oh, man. So there were no witnesses for this moment. So there's different versions. But from what Arn said, he heard someone kicking down his door. And when he looked through, but when he, like, kicking at his door, but when he looked through the people, he didn't see anyone. So when he opened the door okay. and stuck his head out, he was hit by the chair leg and knocked outside, uh, knocked out for a little while. I can't believe he fell for that. I know, right? I was, I was trick in the book. I was really hoping. That's some Scooby-Doo nonsense right there. Oh, it's great. I was really hoping for a shining sort of moment where he smashed, <laughs> like he woke up to see Sid Vicious's head sticking through the door. Yeah. And instead it's just the slapstick, like... Yeah. Wet bandits sort of thing. Okay. Well, but anyway. then Sid claims that he had every intention of doing that, but he knocked on the door shouting, come on out here. And then they exchanged words and then Sid calmed down and said they should talk things out. I feel like that's not But then Sid said. heard Arn stumbling around and thought he was too drunk to fight or talk, so he threw the chair leg away and walked back to his room. But as he walked back, Arn came out with scissors Oh. And said, hey, oh. this has gone too far. Gonna... Er, and then Arn came after him, backed him into a corridor, saying that he knocked Arn down mm-hmm. and then saw that Arn had stabbed him in the stomach with scissors. Wow. And then he had um, pulled, him, uh, pulled him out. They fell down and he tried to kick him away from Arn. And that's when the fight really escalated. That's when the fight escalated. <clears throat> right. Okay. I know, right? Everything like, else at this point is just child people play. stabbing people with scissors, chair legs being Enough of this. Let's get heads. serious. So then, apparently there's a couple different versions that Sid has told. Can't imagine. And um, at the time, he was saying he was defending himself against the scissors with the chair leg. Uh-huh. But then he also said that the chair leg was never used and that... And then anyway, and then in the police report, there was no apparent evidence that the chair leg had been used. Like there was no, it was not dented and there was no blood on it. I love the idea of a real law enforcement officers <laughs> trying to make heads or tails of this nonsense. <laughs> like it's the O.J. Simpson case. You think they come case. in and be like, this has all got to be part of a thing, just right? Stop. Like you just, what's happening? What are you arguing about? I don't want to do this. He got paid more money than me. I don't want to have to do what? this. I mean, you think they... But you think of all the domestic disputes and stuff. Right. I mean, you've watched cops. There's worse things that have been fought over. Oh, yeah. So No, that's true, I guess. You know, that's fair. Some kind of, like, your honor. There's no blood on the chair. Yeah. But what's known for sure is scissors were used by both guys. Okay. But they were blunt scissors and not, like, really sharp ones. Well, Which I think case. that it almost would hurt worse. Oh, it absolutely would. With blunt scissors. Why do they have blunt scissors lying I don't know where around? they were. What kind of hotel is this? From? What are they doing? Who knows? But, okay, Jeez. so in Arn's version, again, okay. we're going back. Okay, to, remember, right. he said he got we're knocked back. with the chair leg. Right. He says after he woke up, Sid was on top of him, hitting him in the face. He somehow broke free, grabbed a pair of scissors, and stabbed Sid in the stomach with them. So, regardless, Sid got stabbed in the su- stomach with scissors. Blunt scissors. Yeah, ow. Ow. Ooh. Oh. Just thinking about that hurts. I know, I know. <laughs> so, the first... You know, so, anyway... We'll see what happens at this point. But at some point, they shattered a glass window. Not No one knows exactly where or when that happened. But whatever the case, they both ended up in the hallway. 
And if Arn was right, then Sid retreated after getting stabbed, mm-hmm. and Arn went after him and jumped on him. Sid was then stabbed a few more times. Wow. With some reports that were saying uh, that he had like cuts on his face and hand. There was obviously a lot of blood going on at this point. And Sid then got the scissors somehow, and <laughs> the report says this is when things took a turn for the worse. No, it still goes still, farther. Okay, it hang goes on, farther. For he repeated. He okay. then stabbed Arn over and over. Man. Apparently, there were around twenty stab wounds <sighs> over <sighs> Arn Anderson's <sighs> body. Ow! And a lot of them were, you know, in the shoulders and back area. Uh huh. But at least there was one in the face near his eye. Ow. And there was another one on his throat. Mm. And apparently Arn was covered in blood and lost, yeah. like, a ton of blood in right. this whole instance. Right. And, you know, Sid then remembers Arn yelling at him, but I'm sure they were all... Probably just yelling, ow. I mean, you gotta think, they're all, like, drunk at this Getting point, out the face. Oh, yeah. So that's so gonna have... be even more blood going. Yeah, like, and, the, and they're the thin, not... Because of the alcohol, much either, yeah, yeah. So they're going crazy. I see and, the picture on your laptop. I like where this is going. And it got, it got to the point where like, if it kept going, Arn would have died. Right. Like he would have he would have lost too much blood. And what a way to go. But Too Cold Scorpio heard all the commotion. He was a wrestler at the time. Yeah. And he thought it was Vader messing with someone because you know <gasps> Vader, classic Vader. And Vader, well, he was. There was another fight that was a famous one that had him in it, but I I cut that sure, one out. Yeah, no, this could easily know. be a two parter. Like we oh, could do another one on. We'll fights. come. We can come back to it. And so he then went to Vader's room first, saw that it wasn't him, and then goes downstairs, sees blood everywhere. Oh, he said no. on the walls, the floor, Man. and Sid just kicking Arn in the face and stabbing him. He steps in between them, apparently, you know, and this, like, saves Arn's life. Probably, yeah. And, you know, Arn basically wasn't even fighting back at this point, because mm-hmm. he's just so weak. He's just bleeding out. So Sid finally stops, and then freaks out over seeing everything. Right. So basically, he came to his senses. Yeah. At this point. Yeah. And then just took off, left. That's the smartest thing Like, he's took done off. Um, so Vader then comes out, and <laughs> sees this all going on, and tackles Sid... And nice. tries to, uh, and see, but he saw Sid like with blood gushing out of his stomach. Cause uh-huh. remember Sid was stabbed first. Right. And so then Vader tackles him, tries to stop the bleeding on Sid <laughs> is like getting towels from stuff. And then, you know, they're calling nine one one. Yeah. Sid is all swollen up. His face is swollen up. Arn's face is swollen up. They both have stab wounds. And then they were both taken to the hospital. They were both, you know, had surgery done on them and then were released and they were, you know, obviously they ended up being fine. Back at work the, the next day. But the doctor said if the Arn had lost really any more blood, he would have probably died. That's insane. So, uh... Oh, Sid. What I mean... With you? That, uh, I love the idea of Big Van Vader tackling a man and then holding him down trying to stop the bleeding. Like, calm down! <laughs> Just calm down! Let me help you! I know. That's terrifying. So, uh, there were no files that were charged because this was this happened in Europe. And then they were leaving. This was overseas in a European. Okay. And then, so they were both leaving to go back to the U.S. So the police were just like, we don't, we don't, we don't even care. That's amazing. And, uh, but WCW did have to pay the hotel. Yeah. For for all the damages. For all the blood. And so this was a headline story all over England. Oh, that's, that's But a lot of people thought it was an angle. People didn't think it was real. They thought it was just a work. 
And uh, that's anyway. Oh man, imagine almost dying. Yeah, and then there was like work. no coverage in the U.S. So the like that's most amazing. most of where WCW and stuff there was like almost no coverage. That on shocks me. I, I mean, this is pre-internet. There yeah, was yes, no, just but I figured instant you know, you'd think it'd be in the. Well, you think WCW wouldn't something. really want it, probably. <clears throat> That's necessarily true. be out. No, or maybe they would. I don't know. Maybe they would have wanted well, it. Well, in 2000, they absolutely would have made an angle out of it. Oh, in yeah, 1993, sure. they had some other stuff to try and work uh, with, I guess. So, anyway. Wow. That's but, a pretty um, solid one to end on. And WCW, yeah, WCW tried to pretend like it never happened. They tried to not mention it at all. But, uh, obviously, nowadays, everything comes out. Oh, yeah. And Man, uh, that's nuts. So eventually, then Sid was fired later on, but I don't think it was necessarily it was from that. this. Yeah. So. Uh, More of a pattern. Yeah. Apparently, everyone really thought that both were gonna end up being fired, and so they were like, kept. I think they were kept off TV for a while, but then eventually, like, like they were both out recovering too, like months. It took them months to even get back in the ring. I mean, yeah, I bet. Especially Arn. Yeah. So. Uh, you know, stuff, plants had to change and everything, but eventually they both came back in. And then, you know, not too long after that, Sid was in fired and then went to WWF and then mm-hmm. came back to WCW. Mm-hmm. So we've seen all that. But there were never any further problems between the, uh, well, hey. between the two. Wow. And uh, so, yeah, that's how Arn Anderson almost was almost died. killed by Sid Vicious. Think... And Sid Vicious was not in good shape either. No. no and no, that no. is arguably probably the worst fight between wrestlers that has ever taken place i mean also you know there was bruiser brody who got killed like in puerto rico i think it was right and i think it was from another wrestler i think he was killed by another puerto rican wrestler but that's a little a little different a little hinkier yeah so but yeah certainly that's fun to talk about on a podcast yeah we don't want to talk about people weird i had just people almost dying right i was gonna say i was gonna say i was gonna try to say something funny and now i'm just like hmm, yeah right and uh yeah so that was the uh instance of man an insane so you can see how i tried to fantastic yeah you like to see how i kind of tried to escalate i can see how this snowballed you did did i threw the ddp steiner in there that's probably was the other worst one out of the ones i had oh yeah actual but i threw that in the middle so i kind of tried to to work them through because you don't want to just start with a bad one and then go down do you remember when we did the way back in the first episode when we talked about brock lesnar fighting a gorilla yeah I feel like Scott Steiner is the closest you can get to fighting a gorilla, <laughs> if I'm being honest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I could see, yeah, he's got the brain of a gorilla. Mm. Now I just want to look up Scott Steiner promos. <laughs> it's this entertaining. Is where this is gonna, that's going to be a well we go to at some point. It I is imagine. incredibly... We could do a whole episode on Scott Steiner. Just look up the... Um... I got a list of episode topics for sure. Yeah. It's not even a topic, but I, if most people listening to this have already seen it, but just look up Scott Steiner, the numbers don't the lie. The math promo. And yeah, watch the first video that comes up. It's, it's green. Incredible. He works his way through some pretty complex calculations, and the video like illustrates them for you so you can follow what he's talking about. It's one of my favorite things in all of wrestling. That's incredible. Legitimately. It's oh, such a great promo. That's it, one of the best ones of all time. It really is. Put that in the Hall of Fame. It should be. So I think the moral of the story is, and I've said this several times, like the worst thing you can be as a wrestler, in the eyes of fans or other wrestlers, is undeserving. Yeah. But the best thing you can be as a wrestler is someone who's comfortable with a front face lock. Apparently. That'll get the job done. Apply a front face lock and you can and take just, down just, just about anybody. Just never let go. You're going to yeah. die in that hold. 
Anyway, that's going to be it. This episode went way longer than I thought it was going mm, to. I'm very tired. And uh, it's, right. but it's for a good cause. It was incredibly entertaining. I enjoyed it. I feel like we're going to come back to this well at some point. There's a lot more. Again, armpitwrestling.com has to look that up. tons of fights. That, I mean, all all most of the info I got was from those that website. So, shouts out to them for sure. That's an an impressive website. I'll, I'll put a link to that in the notes for, for this episode. Sweet. And um, so, yeah, that'll be it for this episode. I also want to say thanks to, I can't Sound even pronounce up. this, Burnsayek. Seriously, how do you say that? Oh, don't leave this. Like, it's B-I-R-N-S-A-Y-K. We appreciate you. That was the name on from the iTunes review, and also from GB Genius. Those are a couple of reviews we had on iTunes, so shouts out to you guys. We appreciate that. If you want us to mispronounce your name, leave us a review on <laughs> iTunes. Please. Or, uh, we'll do our best. Or leave us a comment on Twitter. We've also gotten some Absolutely. good comments on Twitter about yeah. our uh, our podcast. So that's picking up a little bit of steam anyway. So that's always fun. So you can follow us on Twitter at behind underscore gorilla. And you can follow me on Twitter at Marky Mark Brand. And I'm at Harris Wilson. So you can follow both of us there. We do tweet about wrestling along with other things. Um, and you know, all the info for everything is Always put up on our Twitter page the links to the podcast episodes and, you know, info on what we're going to be doing next. And if you have any suggestions, please send them to our Twitter page where we will definitely try and get those done. We did get one suggestion Hooray. that we're going to put in the bank and we'll use coming up very soon. It's in the works. That is in the works. So, yeah, if you have anything you want us to talk about, please let us know. And so that'll be it. That's so, it. For Harris, I'm Mark, and you've been listening to Behind the Gorilla. Take care.